Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the September 23rd episode of the Bacon Bits Podcast. And the road to 272 bets has gotten off to a hot start. 11-5 week 2, 13-3 week 1. That means it's time for a victory zone. This feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. When you hold me in your Let's arms so tightly, everything's alright. Woo! That is our victory song every time that we have a a winning week, at least a decent winning week. 13-3 week one, 11-5 week two. That brings my season-to-date record for the road to 272 bets. It brings it to 24-8 for plus 14.88 units. We are rolling, my friends. Also, if you can follow my college football picks, I don't talk about those on the podcast because this is actually the first season that I'm kind of diving into betting on college uh, football, uh, but I'm doing well with those too. 16 and 9 plus 6.19 units. I just tweet them out, so follow me at IanMacBets. I tweet them out. So that brings my total football betting experience so far to 40 and 17 for plus 21.07 units. I am so excited for the glorious downfall of this. <laughs> there is no way I can keep this up. This is just an insane start. Easily the best start I've ever had to a football season of betting. Um, either I'm going to have the best season, football season of my life or the 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 crash from this is just going to be uh, glorious to watch. So um, whether you decide to keep tailing me, whether you think it's, it's about time that I turn cold and then you flip and start fading me, um, that's for you to decide. Uh, but I can't fade myself. It creates a paradox in the universe, which uh, will put a hole in the space-time continuum. So i got to keep making my picks, handicap them the same, trust the process, and hope that I can keep this rolling. Quick recap of last week's picks here. Uh, I'm just going to bring them up. So I went... Um, actually, I remember at the very end of the episode last week, I said, let's... We're probably not going to get 13 and 3. Let's go 10 and 6 or 11 and 5. That was the goal, and we went 11 and 5. So, very, very happy. And that was even with losing the Thursday night game. I was on the under between Washington and the Giants. That was just an overall bad pick. Uh, those happen. Saints, not even close. And the Saints, I'll be honest, hand up. I gave out as my best bet uh, of the week, and it wasn't even close. 
Uh, so, I, I, I don't know. We'll get in the Saints a little bit when I talk about their game there. But then, um, I, I mean, I'm just going to mostly go through the losses here because I'm not going to go through every win and pat myself on the back. Um, Rams was close. What, they missed They missed the spread by, by a point. Uh, Philadelphia was within a touchdown. They were within... They lost by six, so they were three three points away from covering. Um, and then Seattle was covering the entire game um, and then blew it right at the very end. So really, of my five losses, only two of them were bad losses, the Saints in the, in the Thursday night under there. Um, but, I, I mean, I got, I got luck with with, with, a, with a few of my wins as well. Um, just looking through them here. Well, oh, they're all pretty solid wins. I guess, yeah, no, Minnesota almost won outright. Dallas, I guess I got a little bit of luck. That game could have gone either way, and I was on the Dallas money line, so that was big. Um, Baltimore plus three and a half. Out of all my picks I had last week, the one that I got criticized for the most that I got DM, I got DMs from um, quite a few people saying, "Hey man, love the podcast, love your picks, but ooh, I don't know about that Baltimore one, man. I think the Chiefs are going to win big. Uh, they have Lamar Jackson's number. Listen, if you're if you're placing a bet because you think one team has another guy's number, um, you, you got to look at different handicapping." Uh, strategies <laughs> these are nfl players they're not going to keep losing to the same team a uh, bunch of times and i was on the spread so the only thing that would have ruined that bet is if the chiefs went down and scored a touchdown which certainly could have been possible i've had worse beats so even if they kicked the field goal at the end we still would have won so that was great and then the detroit green bay over hit pretty easily on monday night so great week let's keep it up um if you like the podcast the free picks if i helped you make some money the past couple weeks um you can always send me a tip if you like i have venmo and cash app uh for the few of you who have i appreciate that it's ian mac 35 on both iaimac 35 on both let's keep the winning season rolling also in this podcast at the end i'm going to go through all the nfl as usual i will then recap all my picks at the end so if you don't want to listen to the full 30 minute podcast you can fast forward to the end and i'll just recap my picks i also give out my top five picks whether or not you want to listen to just those top five picks, I don't know. Because like last, like I said last week, Saints was my best one. And that was probably the bet that I lost by the most. So, who knows. Um, and then after all that, I'm going to give my quick breakdown of the Ryder Cup and my picks for that as well. Ryder Cup week. I'm not forgetting about golf. My first love. So, let's get into it. September 23rd episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. Let's go. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Alright, as always, starting with the Thursday night football game. Texans, Panthers. Panthers seem like the obvious bet, don't they? They've looked great through the first two weeks. I'm going to take the Texans in the points, plus 7.5. Most sports books have this at 8 mine had the seven and a half but they had the juice of plus 100 so i'll just go ahead and take that um it's above the magic number of seven so that's what matters here so i'm on texans plus seven and a half a plus 100 this bet comes down to davis mills rookie quarterback coming out of stanford i think he's underrated i actually thought he should have went higher up in the draft i was kind of high on him going into the nfl draft i think he had a pretty solid career at stanford i think the shortened season last year kind of screwed him a little bit um and he looked all right uh, when he got in for Tyrod Taylor last week, which is always a, a tall order for a quarterback to step in halfway through the game. And what I liked is the Texans had a good game plan while he was in. They didn't ask him to do too much. It was a lot of dumping off, a lot of short passes. And I think if they do that again this week, 
I think he's going to be fine. I think the Texans are going to be fine. In my opinion, this line is insane. Seven and a half point road favorites when you have Sam Darnold as your quarterback. I know he's looked decent recently, especially last week. He had a great game. But this is still, I think, is the same old Sam Darnold. I'm not convinced that he's changed. I mean, is a different atmosphere really going to turn him from the guy he was the past couple years with the Jets to one of the better quarterbacks in the league? I don't think so. I think when the bright lights are on him, like they will be, Thursday night, primetime football, I think he's going to start seeing ghosts again. Also, Texans, not as bad as you think. I'm going to go back to my preseason, th- my preseason thoughts about them. It's true. They don't have any big-name superstars on their team, but it's a bunch of veterans who know how to win football games. Their offense is 16th in yards per play at 5.6, and I know the most of that was with Tyrod Taylor. Their defense is 21st in opponent yards per play, so not bad. Not good, but not bad. Not bad enough to be 7.5-point home underdogs to the Panthers. Big win for the Panthers last week. I think people are overreacting to that win. I'm not convinced yet that they're a good football team. I'm going to take the Texans at home plus 7.5. Then we're heading into the Sunday's games, uh, games here. Cardinals, Jaguars, a lot of big spreads this week. A lot of them hovering around that magic number of 7. This time I'm going to back the favorites, though. Minus 7.5 at minus 106 against the Jaguars. Now, this has trap game written all over it like the Cardinals game did last week. Cardinals should be an obvious bet, which kind of makes it maybe Jaguars might be the play. But I just have to back the statistics here. I do kind of like fading the public, but at the end of the day, the thing I value the most is the statistics, and this does seem like a completely uh, statistical mismatch here. So I'm going to I am gonna back the public on this one. I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover that 7.5-point spread. Where the Cardinals have struggled this year is stopping the run. That's what Minnesota did against them all game last week. But the Jaguars have the lowest rush play percentage in the NFL. They only run the ball 27.12% of the time, which is insane that Urban Meyer is making Trevor Lawrence throw the ball as much as he is. What is a head coach doing making a brand new rookie quarterback making his first two starts in his NFL career throwing the ball um, that many times? That just makes no 73% of the time he's making Trevor Lawrence throw the ball. That's just insane to me. And Arizona's actually good at stopping the pass. 7th in opponent yards per pass attempt at 5.9. Jaguars 27th in opponent yards per pass attempt at 8.8. So I expect Kyler Murray to throw the ball all over this team. I'm with the public on this one, which makes me nervous because I think the Cardinals are one of the more public plays this week. But I'm going to take them. Uh, I'm going to lay the 7.5 points there with Arizona. Next, we got the Titans and the Colts. I'm taking Titans minus 5, minus 113. I am kind of banking on Carson Wentz not playing in this one for the Colts um because if I take the Colts plus five and he doesn't play then I'm gonna then that would just be brutal but really even if he does play I'm still kind of confident in this I'm going against kind of what my previous thoughts about the Titans were I mean my preseason thoughts about the Titans are still kind of hold true they have a good offense they're gonna score points but their defense is bad but if Carson Wentz isn't playing I don't I don't really know how the Colts are gonna score many points even against this bad Titans defense um, and the Colts actually have been um, one of the worst in the NFL through the first two weeks. If the Colts are going to win games, they have to play good defense. And through the first two weeks, they are 28th in opponent yards per play at 6.7. Now, to be fair, they have played two great offenses in Seattle and the Rams. But I still think Tennessee is going to be able to move the ball against them. Um, and other than that, I don't have too much to say about this game. Because it's two teams that I still don't really fully understand yet. Um, and then Carson Wentz being questionable makes it tough, too. It's an eye test bet more than anything. Haven't been impressed with the Colts' defense. Give me the Titans minus 5 at minus 113 at home. Ravens-Lions. So I am taking the under 50 
on this one at minus 110. But before I get into that, I'll let you guys know um, who are curious that we have seen some reverse line movement in this game. People are all over the Raiders. I think I saw something like 88% of bets, or Ravens, not the Raiders. I think I saw 88% of bets or something that high is on the Ravens. But yet the line moved from Ravens minus 9 to Ravens minus 8, which means that the Sharps are on the lines. You saw the same thing last week with the Cardinals. Everyone was all over the the Cardinals at minus 4.5, but the line went the opposite way to Cardinals minus 3.5. And then the Vikings covered and almost won the game. They were a missed field goal uh, away from winning that game. So, but... I'm not going to take that route, but I'm not going to bet on the Ravens either. I'm going to take the under. I think this will be a bounce-back game for Ravens' defensive unit that was first in scoring defense last year. But they got the short end of the stick uh, through the first two weeks, playing against two extremely good offenses in the first two weeks of the season. They played the Raiders week one. They played the Chiefs week two. I think now against this Lions team, great opportunity for a good defense to bounce back. And then on the other side of the thing, the Lions have actually been pretty decent in stopping the run, which is exactly what we all know is what the Ravens do best. 3.8 opponent yards per rush, which is 13th in the NFL through the first two weeks. To put up big points against the Lions, you have to throw the ball. We saw the Packers do that last week in the second half. But that's not the Ravens' strong suit. The Ravens are a run-first team. I'd set this total at 48, so I think with it being at 50, I think we're getting two points of value there. So I'm going to take the under 50 at minus 110 between the Ravens and Lions. And then we got Washington in the Bills, and I'm going with the under 45 in this one. So uh, two under bets. These are, I believe, my only two under bets of the week. Juice on this one is minus 115. Staying away from the spread because the Bills looked like two completely different teams the first two weeks. So I'm going to take the under. Now, you might actually think the Bills' offense was way better in week two. They put up, what, 35 points? Um but they only gained 4.7 yards per play in week one, and then that only increased to 4.9 yards per play in week two. So it actually, outside of the actual scoreboard, it wasn't that much stronger of an offensive performance for the Bills. Now they play a Washington defense that, despite the bad week last week against the Giants, I still think is one of the better defensive units in the league. Also, Buffalo defense, shout out to them, has been one of the best in the NFL through the first two weeks. First, an opponent yards per play at 3.7 second. An opponent points per game at 11.5. I think they should be able to shut down this Washington offense led by Taylor Heineke, although he looked impressive on Thursday night last week. But he was going up against one of the worst defenses in the NFL in the Giants. So I think this one's more of a defensive battle. I think it's lower scoring. I'll take under 45 at minus 115. Saints, Patriots. I'm going to back my Saints once again. Uh, I shouldn't say my Saints. I fucking hate the Saints. But I will back them at plus 3, minus 114 against the Patriots. I was feeling so nice about my Saints and Jameis Winston in prediction after week 1. And then the whole thing blew up in my face last week. They looked so, so bad. So which version of the Saints is going to show up this week? The week 1 Saints or the week 2 Saints? I'm not too sure. I'm going to stick to my preseason prediction that the Saints are a good team. I'll chalk last week up to an anomaly game. And I hope I'm going to be right. I still believe in this defense. I think this defense is going to shut down the Patriots offense, which is only averaging 5.1 yards per play, which is 22nd in the NFL. I will take the points in this one. I'm not confident enough on it to take the money line. So give me the plus three at minus 114. we got Chargers Chiefs, and this is one of my favorite plays of the week. Chargers plus six and a half at minus 107. The Chiefs are 1-11-1 against the spread in their last 13 games. 1, 11, and 1 in their last 13 games. 
If sports betting was as easy as betting on good teams, then we would all be rich. It's clearly not because the Chiefs are arguably the best team in the league. And if you're betting on their spread, you would be homeless right now. Over the last 13 games, one 11 and one, but yet they're still get they're still laying almost a touchdown against a very good Los Angeles Chargers team, and they're still taking public money. I don't get it. And forget that trend about them covering a spread. I will continue to bet against them until they show me that they can play defense. Because I think I could get 10 other guys down the street, and I think we could put up 21 points against this Chiefs defense. Dead last. And opponent yards per play at 7.6. The next worst team is allowing 6.9 yards per play. That means they're allowing an average of 0.7 more yards per play than the next worst defense in the NFL. People are so seduced by Patrick Mahomes and their offense that they can't see that they're going to struggle to win games by two scores because of just how bad their defense is. A lot of their games this season are going to come down to the last possession. I have no problem back in the Chargers getting 6.5 points. Falcons-Giants. I'm going to take Falcons and I'm taking their money line plus 130. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm largely taking them because I'm going to the game. And I don't have any problem betting against my Atlanta Falcons when I'm at home watching them on my television. But if I'm going to go watch my Falcons in person for the first time in my life, I cannot cheer against them. So this is an emotional bet. This is a biased bet. But I have to take Falcons money line. I'm going to do it and I laid a large sum of money on it. So they are probably going to break my heart uh, for the 100th time in my life on Sunday. But I'm backing Falcons Moneyline. And to be honest, even if I wasn't at the game, I might take them anyways. I mean, what do you want me to say? These are two shit. These might be the two worst teams in the NFL playing against each other. Who knows what's going to happen? Neither has an offensive line. Neither can stop anything on defense. And in these coin flip, coin flip games where the spread is close this year, I'm going to lean towards the Moneyline uh, underdog, which is what I did last week in a coin flip game where I couldn't decide what to bet on between the Cowboys and Chargers. I took the Cowboys on the money line and it worked out. So I'm doing the same strategy. I'm going to be at this game, and I will be cheering for them so hard. I need them to win. I placed a massive bet down on them, and I don't know why I did that. <laughs> they looked so bad the first two weeks. Are they that bad, though? Are they that bad? I don't know. We'll find out this week because they're about to play the fucking Giants. Uh, Browns-Bears going to take the Browns minus 7, minus 110. Like I said, a lot of touchdown spreads here, and I don't like it, and I don't like backing them on the the favorites on that spread, but I'm going to do it here. Browns are starting to look kind of like the Cowboys of the AFC. Unbelievably good offense, not so good defense, which does make me worry. That's kind of what makes me worry uh, to take them as touchdown favorites because I don't trust their defense but they're my Super Bowl pick I've been extremely impressed with them so far this season and I hate the Bears I think Matt Nagy is a complete moron Um, and we'll finally get to see just how good this Justin Fields guy is my prediction it's not going to be a strong debut Browns are averaging 10.9 yards per pass attempt second in the NFL next to the Seahawks Bears are allowing 8.8 yards per pass attempt with which is 26th in the NFL Now, the Browns are missing Jarvis Landry. That's going to hurt them a bit, but they're also averaging 5.2 yards per carry. Their offense is just so damn good through the first two weeks. They're my Super Bowl pick for a reason. Give me the Browns to win by a touchdown in this one. Steelers, Bengals going to take the Steelers minus three at minus 123 against the Bengals, and this is uh, one of my top five bets of the week. I actually hope Big Ben doesn't play this weekend. I think some reports are he's probably going to try. I hope he doesn't. 
is Mason Rudolph a good quarterback as his backup? No, but he's better than Big Ben is this season. Big Ben is looking exactly like I predicted. He's banged up. He's old. He can hardly move. He's lost whatever zip he had on his passes. He's the second worst graded quarterback through the first two weeks. The only guy who's been worse is Trevor Lawrence. It's tough to watch. But regardless of who, who plays a quarterback, I'm taking the Steelers based on their defense alone. They're going to eat up this Bengals offensive line. Prayers up for my guy Joe Burrow because he's going to be running for his life out there. Bengals have given up 10 sacks so far this season through only two games. And this is what I talked about preseason. These teams that build the entire offense first and then they try to put a patchwork offensive line in afterwards. You can't do that. You're building the frame of the car before putting the engine in it. They need an offensive line and their lack of one this weekend is going to get exposed Give me the Steelers minus three. Juice is minus 123, which I don't like, but that's my pick, Steelers minus three. All right, Dolphins Raiders. I'm going to take the Dolphins plus four at minus 105. This is my contrarian play of the week. Everyone is all over the Raiders, and rightfully so. They have looked fantastic, but everyone is shitting on the Dolphins because of one bad game and not having two at quarterback. This is a classic overreaction spot. You have to remember that two games is still a tiny, tiny sample size. It feels bigger in the NFL because there's only one game a week as opposed to like NHL or NBA or MLB. Teams have played a bunch of games in the first two weeks, but we've only seen two. You have to remember that's a tiny sample size. Let's not determine how good these teams are based on only two games. Miami defense still ninth in opponent yards per play, ninth in opponent yards per pass attempt. This is still a good unit despite the blow it lost last week. Raiders defense, 20th in opponent yards per play, giving up an average of 6. So Raiders defense, probably not as good as you think they are. Now, is Jacoby Jacoby Brissett better or worse than Tua? Honestly, who knows? Has Tua done anything to impress you to think that the Dolphins are better off with him starting? No. The key to sports betting is buying low and selling high, and I'm doing them both in this game. Las Vegas is not as good as they've looked, even though I've thought that they're better than a lot of people think, but... Now people are, are, are overselling them now. They're not as good as, as they've looked, and the Dolphins aren't as bad as they looked in the last game. I certainly wouldn't take Moneyline, especially because it's above the magic number of three, but I will take Dolphins plus four at minus 105. My contrarian play of the week. You gotta sell high <clears throat> and buy low. That's what I'm doing here. Dolphins plus four. Speaking of buying low and selling high, I'm jumping off the Teddy Covers bandwagon for a week. I'm going to take the Jets plus 10.5 at minus 115 against the Broncos. I hate double-digit spreads in the NFL, and the Broncos have not yet proven to me that they're worthy of being double-digit favorites against anyone in the league. Zach Wilson looked bad last week. Yes, four interceptions, but that was against a Bill Belichick defense, which is notorious for giving rookie quarterbacks problems. Broncos defense is good too, but I can't see Wilson having as bad of a game as he did last week. And also, Jets defense, not as bad as you think. They're actually 10th in opponent yards per play, giving up an average of 5.3. They're also 13th in opponent yards per pass attempt and 14th in opponent yards per rush. So top 50% in the NFL in all three of those stats. They're also third in opponent third down conversion percentage. That is huge. The Jets defense can keep them in this one. As long as Wilson doesn't turn the ball over, this is going to be a closer game than you think. Sports betting isn't as easy as betting on good teams and betting against bad teams. Jets look bad. But this is a 10.5 point spread against a very average Broncos team, in my opinion. I'll take that. Jets plus 10.5, minus 115. 
Rams, Bucks. Gonna take Rams plus 105. It's a one point spread. One point spread. If you're gonna back the underdog, you may as well take the money line, in my opinion. And I'll be honest, I was 100% planning on taking the Bucks until I sat down and started writing my notes here tonight. Heart and gut says Bucks win this game easy, but I looked at the numbers and some of them surprised me. The Rams actually have the better numbers and they're at home, and the Bucks have had the easier schedule through the first two games. Rams, 5th in yards per play at 6.9, 8th in opponent yards per play at 5.0, Bucks, 10th in yards per play at 6.2, 13th and opponent yards per play at 5.5. So like slightly like a little bit above average. And the Bucks played against the embarrassment of the league in the Atlanta Falcons in week two. Also, the Bucks are vulnerable through the air. That's where teams can beat them. And Matt Stafford and the Rams are slinging it right now. Third in the league in yards per pass attempt. I mean, I might be too much be putting too much stock in his stats after two weeks of the season. Uh, kind of going against what I just said about trying not to... Uh, trying not to put too much stock into a two-week sample size, but I don't know. The numbers are telling me Rams. Also, 68% of bets are on the Buccaneers, so it would be fading the public, and you know I like to do that. Rams beat them in the regular season last year. We'd be selling high on a Bucks team that everyone loves right now. I don't know. I was all Bucks this week until I, until I sat down and I looked at the numbers, and that's why I do it. If I was betting based on my gut, my record wouldn't be what it is right now. So give me the Rams plus 105 and we'll see what happens next up we got seahawks vikings in typical minnesota sports fashion the vikings are 0 and 2 could easily be 2 and 0 lost to the Bengals in overtime then missed a game-winning field goal as time expired um last week against the cardinals i'm gonna take the seahawks minus 2 minus 106 i am with the public on this one seahawks are one of the most public plays of the week so i don't always go against the public i gotta look at the numbers and i think this is a nightmare matchup stylistically for the Vikings, no team is averaging more yards per pass attempt in the NFL than the Seattle Seahawks, who are averaging 11.1. Meanwhile, the Vikings' defense ranks 28th in opponent yards per pass attempt, giving up an average of 9.3. Not good. It's not a good recipe for success in Minnesota. I'm impressed by the new offensive system uh, Shane Waldron has implemented in Seattle. I think they'll have a ton of success against Minnesota defense. I don't think the Vikings offense will be able to keep up. The Seahawks defense is 15th in opponent yards per play, 5.6. Not bad, and a lot of the success last week came on the ground against the Cardinals, and the Seahawks do have a bit of a better run defense than the Cardinals do. So I think they'll hold the Vikings in check. Give me the Seahawks, minus 2 and minus 106. Sunday night football. 49ers, Packers. I'm going to back the 49ers, 3.5 point favorites, minus 103 against Green Bay. Styles make fights, my friends. The three teams that run the football the most in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens, the New Orleans Saints, and the San Francisco 49ers. The Green Bay Packers are 26th in opponent yards per carry. The fucking Detroit Lions average 5.7 yards per rush on the ground against them. If the Lions can average 5.7 yards per carry against the 49 or against the Packers, and just imagine what the 49ers are going to be able to do. They have the clear defensive advantage in this one, and they should have no issue running the ball on the Packers. Also, the 49ers are eighth in opponent yards per pass attempt. Aaron Rodgers could be in for a tough day. Um, also, Aaron Rodgers, 2-4 and four against the spread in his career in San Francisco, and I'm just throwing that out there as an interesting stat. Um, I said earlier the same way that people last week said um, the Chiefs have Lamar Jackson's number. Um 
Aaron Rodgers doesn't play well in San Francisco. Should you base your bet on that? Not not necessarily, but it, it might be interesting to know that he is 2-4 and four against the spread in his career playing in San Francisco. I like the matchup in this one. I'm going to take the 49ers, minus 3.5 at minus 103. Then finally, we got Monday Night Football Eagles. Cowboys going to back the Eagles plus 4 at minus 120. Don't sleep on the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, they're only 1-1, one and one, but their statistics, especially defensively, have been among the best in the NFL through the first two weeks. Third in opponent yards per play at 4.3. Third in opponent yards per pass attempt at 5.0, which is very which is a very good sign considering they're, they're facing a Cowboys pass offense and Dak Prescott. But even offensively, the Eagles aren't bad. You would think, I bet you would think that so far through the first two weeks, Dallas Cowboys offense is way better than the Eagles. But when it comes to yards per play, not necessarily the case. Dallas eighth in yards per play at 6.4. Eagles are right behind them at 6.2 in ninth. So worse, but only slightly. The Eagles are off also running the ball extremely efficiently second and yards per carry, averaging 5.4 per rush. Dallas is 20th, and opponent yards per carry at 4.5. Very solid Eagles team through the first two weeks. Good running team against a bad rushing defense. Good overall defense against a good offense. Good pass defense. I love them getting four points against the Cowboys on Monday night. One of my favorite bets, bets of the week, Eagles plus four, minus 120. And also take this time to let you know that I've just placed a bet on Nick Sirianni to win coach of the year at 25 to one. Love what I'm seeing from the Eagles team here. Um, they're looking a lot better than they probably should on on paper. If they win the NFC East, I think Nick Sirianni has a very good chance of winning coach of the year. I found his odds at 25 to one. Love that, that bet. I locked that in today. So there you go. Last pick of the week two slate, Eagles plus four, minus 120. Um, so I will quickly recap them. I will list off my five best bets, and I'll give you my quick breakdown of the Ryder Cup. So Texans, plus seven and a half, plus 100. Cardinals, minus seven and a half, minus 106 against Jaguars. Titans, minus five, minus 113. Ravens, Lions, under 50, minus 110. Washington, Bills, under 45, minus 115. Saints, plus three, minus 114. Chargers, plus six and a half, minus 107. Falcons on the money line, plus 130 against the Giants. Browns, minus seven, minus 110 against the Bears. Steelers, minus three, minus 123 against the Bengals. Dolphins, plus four, minus 105 against the Raiders. Jets, plus 10.5, minus 115 against the Broncos. Rams, money line, plus 105 against the Bucks. Seahawks, minus 2, minus 106 against the Vikings. 49ers, minus 3.5, minus 103 against the Packers. Eagles, plus 4, minus 120 against the Cowboys. And my best five bets. Now, once again, last week, I said my best bet by far was the Saints, and that was the bet that lost by the most. So, um, And also, I tracked my record of my five best bets each week compared to just my overall record. Um, and I actually did very slightly better with just my overall record. So best bets don't really mean a whole lot, but um, here they are anyways, because I know regardless, even though I say that, some of you want them. Cardinals minus 7.5, Chargers plus 6.5, Steelers minus 3, Seahawks minus 2, and Eagles plus 4. Only two totals bets this week, um, which maybe I should have done more because I've actually done very well with my totals bets this year. And no overs, just two unders. That's all I have. That's all I have for total. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, let's quickly get into a little bonus Ryder Cup action here. I'm taking Europe. I think some of you probably already know that, but I'm taking Europe. I locked it in at plus 180. Now that bet I did is I did draw no bet. 
because I laid a pretty big amount down. If I were to lose it because the Ryder Cup ends in a draw, then I would probably cry. So <laughs> I gave up a bit of value. I think I think I saw a plus 200 or 205 to take them on the three-way money line. Uh, but I took draw no bet plus 180. Feel a little bit more comfortable with that. Listen, this Europe team has won seven of the last nine Ryder Cups for a reason. Now, let me backtrack here. This is a value bet. If you were to give me 50-50 odds, minus 110 to pick them, I'd probably go Team USA. But plus 180 with a draw-no-bet on Europe, you have to take that, man. Now, I know you're going to look at the roster. You're going to see, you know, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay, you know, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Xander Shoffley. Yes, on paper, they are the better team. And if if the Ryder Cup was a four-day stroke play event, where the winner was, you know, you get points for where he'd finish on the leaderboard at the end of Sunday, then yeah, Team USA would run away with this. But this is not a four-day stroke play event. You can't handicap it like a four-day stroke play event. That's, I'm seeing everyone on Twitter is on Team USA, and they're citing things and reasons, and this is a completely different ball game. When you get to Ryder Cup, when you get to team competition, when you get to match play specifically, it's a different ball game than a four-day stroke play event. Four-day stroke play event, usually it's it's the most talented, the most skilled golfers that come out on top. It's not the case, man. You can't bounce back from a bad day. Bad day in Ryder Cup, that's gone. Those points are lost. Team chem- It comes down to team chemistry. It comes down to the partners feeling comfortable with each other. And you can't tell me that the United States is better team chemistry, especially this year, than Europe. You just can't tell me that. Also, Europe has the number one golfer in the world, John Rahm, on the team. They have the best Ryder Cup golfer of all time, Ian Poulter, on their team. I know he's 14, he's 14, 6, and 2. I know he's like 44 years old. But he's good in match play for a reason. Sergio Garcia, most Ryder Cup points of all time of 25.5. Meanwhile, the United States are loaded with rookies. Dustin Johnson, you should fade him. He's bad in the Ryder Cup, 7-9 in his, in his career in the Ryder Cup. DeChambeau's 0-3 in 2018. I love Europe at this price, and I laid a pretty sizable bet on this. If, I'm going to have a very good Sunday or a very bad Sunday. If the Falcons win on Sunday and Team Europe wins the, the Ryder Cup, I will just be dancing in the streets. A couple prop bets I like, John Rahm to be the top point scorer for Europe at plus 325 and I got Patrick Cantlay to be the top point getter for Team USA at plus 650. Now when you're if you're going to bet on this top point scorer for each team, a key thing that you need to know is that only two to three guys in each team are going to play all five rounds. So if you're look, this is not a this is not a prop bet you want to look down off the board and take a long shot guy cuz most of the guys down with long odds are only going to play two or three times. And the guy who gets the most points is going to be the guy who who um, plays all five matches. So the only guys in Europe who are going to play all five is going to be Rory and Rom. Maybe one other guy, you know, maybe Paul Casey, maybe. But Rom and Rory, you can pretty much lock in, are going to play all five rounds. And Rom's the number one golfer in the world, so he's the favorite. But that's so that's kind of obvious. But got to back him. And then Cantlay, I like Thomas as well. Thomas played all five rounds in 2018. They went four and one. He was a top point getter. Uh, for USA, but I mean, no golfer is hotter right now than Patrick Cantlay. Um, what just won the FedEx Cup, you know, probably going to play all five rounds, I would think, with how, with how he's played recently. I like his value of plus 650. 
and he's also very consistent. A guy like him who's just very consistent, ice in his veins, clutch. Cantley, this is his first time playing in the Ryder Cup. I think he's going to be a very good Ryder Cup player. Um, I'm not doing over-under points. I see some people are like betting on how many points each player will get. I'm not going to dabble in that because we just there's no way of knowing how many rounds these guys are going to be selected to play in. We don't know ahead of time. You could take a guy on his like over two and a half points, and then he only plays three rounds. So it, it, you're you're relying too much on on what the captains decide to do with that. Too much of a crapshoot. So I'm staying away from that. I am going to be doing a lot of round by round bets, but obviously since the matches are since the um, pairings aren't announced yet, the odds aren't out for them yet. Uh, so I will tweet those out. But overall, in the tournament, everyone's on Team USA. Everyone thinks that they're going to win by a bunch. It's like as if they haven't learned from lessons of the past. The Ryder Cup is a different beast. And it just is better for Team Although, I will say, whistling straights, bombers should have a bit of advantage here, long drivers. And if that's the case, then Team USA just does have an advantage in that category. But still, Ryder Cup's a different beast, man. At these odds, you got to back Europe at these odds. You have to. Also, I just generally have to cheer for against Team USA in basically every single international event in every sport. So <laughs> I'm officially a Scotsman for the next week while I cheer for Team Europe, even though there's no Scots uh, on the Team Europe. I thought Bobby Mack should have been on it, to be honest. Um, but I don't really know who I'd take off because Garcia and Poulter were both captain's picks and their history just kind of makes them, they have to be captain's picks. So whatever. But Team Europe plus 180, that's a draw no bet. Um, if you want to get more aggressive, take them on, on the three-way money line. I actually wouldn't be shocked if this actually ends in a draw, to be honest. I think this is going to be probably pretty close. But there you have it. Europe plus 180. Got my NFL picks. That's all I got for you this week. Best of luck with whatever you do if you decide to tail the picks, fade the picks, pick them on your own. At least I gave you some helpful inf- information. Good luck this week. I'll talk to you all for NFL week for the road to 272 bets continues. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or seven up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger less than five miles away or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.